Welcome to the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast, bringing you open and honest conversations about resources in Tuscarawas County. Now here's your host, Jody Salvo. Good morning, this is Jody Salvo. Welcome to the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast. Today we got some great guests and a special topic that I think we can all, um, at least I know I can learn more about and looking forward to learning more about. We have Jen Benline and Chrissy from Ohio Guidestone. Um, This is October. I can't believe it is October already, but this is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And um, with that, Jen and Chrissy are going to just kind of educate us on domestic violence, what it is, um, what we need to know, why do we have Domestic Violence Awareness Month, the resources here in Tuscarawas and Carroll County. Sound good? Sounds excellent. I'll tell you what, let me start with Jen. Do you want to just introduce yourself, what you do here in the community? Sure. I am the Domestic Violence Program Supervisor, so I oversee the um, activities in both Carroll County and Tuscarawas County shelters. So Harbor House is our Tuscarawas County shelter and Harbor Point is our Carroll County shelter. Okay, sounds good. Hey, just a clarification. We have two Harbor Houses here. Can you explain that a little bit? Because I know that gets a little confusing. So I'm hoping to get the history correct. Um, Harbor House kind of originated many, many, many years ago, and they treated both um, domestic violence as well as drug and alcohol issues. Um, We, uh, Personal Family Counseling Ohio Guidestone, merged with them in, I believe, the early 2000s and continued that way of programming, but split them a bit. So they each have their own individual house or shelter, um, but have maintained the name Harbor House. So it does get a little confusing. Now, coming up very soon will be a name change for the Harbor House Women's Residential Treatment Center. Okay. That's going to be changing. So we're going to hope to reduce the confusion around which Harbor House is which. Okay. I just think that's important because I work for Ohio Ohio Guidestone as well. And sometimes, you know, you hear Harbor House and then you really need to preface if you're talking domestic violence or um, women's residential. residential, So which would be working on an addiction issue. So. Okay, thank you for clarifying. Yes, definitely. And Chrissy. My name is Chrissy, and I'm the house manager at Harbor Point in our Carroll County. Um, We're pretty new. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we opened in late December of 2017. Um, We're outreaching as much as we can. We're still, not too many people still know we're there, so... And I've been to your open house. Your facility over there is really neat. Right, thank you. It's a neat... Neat place. It is. It's a great place. Um, It allows, the size of it allows for us to serve larger families that experience domestic violence, whereas oftentimes that is a struggle in shelters to be able to provide um, safe shelter for large families. Okay, so Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and I'm seeing purple, so I'm thinking there's a theme there, right? Yes, Yes. (laughs) very much so. Um, So purple is the national... Um, color for domestic violence. It's the ribbon that we wear. Um, Oftentimes, anytime you see any domestic violence literature or materials, you're going to see purple on them. Okay, helpful. Now, the other helpful thing would be is to help us understand what is domestic violence. So domestic violence. That's a big um, question, isn't it? It (laughs) is. And sometimes I think, I mean, the overall idea is that it's physical violence. Um, which is a component of domestic violence, but 
domestic violence is so much more. Okay. Um, it is around psychological violence, financial violence, sexual violence. It's a power and control dynamic. Okay. Um, and it's within intimate partner relationships. Oftentimes we think about that only um, male-female, mm-hmm. but that isn't an accurate portrayal okay. um, depiction. We have men who have um, received services through our programming, who have stayed at the shelter. Okay. Um, and that is um, that is something that men also experience. Um, there is a bit of stigma around that oftentimes for men, though, to experience violent, domestic violence. Okay. Um, so sometimes I think those numbers that we have around that is even more hidden than we know. Now that... Um Domestic violence on men, does that look different? Is that as much physical or is that mental or, or couldn't it be all I've the above? I've seen both. Okay. Yeah. I've seen yeah. both. So I bet that's tricky to handle in the shelter then as well. Or It is. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we're we very um, hands-on, one-on-one. You know, we do what we call house meetings, you know, every week to make sure that everyone's comfortable because okay. you never know who's coming in until they're in. Um, we also can't talk about other residents to residents while they're there. So we can't knock on everyone's door and say, Hey, <laughs> you know, this person's coming in. Um, the time that I've been there, um, which has been about two and a half years now, um, we have not had a problem with males in shelter okay. that have entered. So mm-hmm. I think we're, we're doing good on educating everybody. Nice. Very good. And we've also had members of the um, LGBTQ community who have utilized our services because, again, domestic violence is also present in those relationships as well. Great. Okay. Um, So what else do we need to know? Um, Oftentimes we're looking at and and trying to help educate just around that. What does that look like? It's about the controlling of money. It's about the isolation of individuals in relationship. If you know of someone who just has always been a social person but has gotten involved in a relationship and suddenly is just really pulling away from their peer group or, you know, um, even through work, you're seeing more absenteeism, that kind of thing, um, you end up, that might be a question within that relationship if there's something going on there. Now, do you all receive calls from family members or concerned persons about someone that that they potentially feel is an abusive relationship. How are those situations handled? So again, case by case basis. Um, but we encourage family members to, you know, be supportive, help um, their their loved one safety plan around what's going on in their lives, letting them know the resources that are out there. Um, it can be very difficult for a victim to find an opportunity, especially during the COVID crisis. Oh, I bet. Yeah, we had. saw a lot of a lot of change during COVID. Um, our calls dropped. Yes, um, because they could not. They access. couldn't leave to access to. Yeah, to. I mean, usually they wait on them to go to work, or you know, they go to the store, or anywhere like that, to be able to make that phone call. And you know, when you just said it, just makes my heart drop because you know. This isn't an area that I dive into very often, but I can only think you're in the house and that would intensify mm-hmm. um, what kind of violence would be into the homes and then you can't access help. So, mm-hmm. um, 
So you saw a decrease in calls over COVID. Did that ever start going the other direction? We've started to see that the the return to kind of a more normal pattern of calls. Um, I didn't mention yet. We do have two hotlines. Oh, great! Twenty four okay. hour hotlines, one in each county for each shelter um, that are manned by our advocates day and night um, to take in calls. Whether it's a call for someone seeking immediate shelter or okay. it's a call for just needing some information. So that's when those family members call. Okay. Um, and we can kind of help point them in the directions and, and talk with them a little bit about that. We always encourage those folks, though, to have their individual call us as well. Um, okay. Now, do you guys work closely with the sheriff's office, the local police departments? We have invited them to our collaborative meetings okay. that we have. Um, we get statistics from them on a yearly basis to help with our funding sources. Um, we do get some calls sometimes from them. There's been a, a good working relationship good. over time. Now, do you all have an opportunity to educate law enforcement on what domestic violence looks like or how to access the helplines and stuff? Yeah, so I'm looking at Jen to see if I know we both look at each other. Do you want to see? Um, we have actually um, made folders okay. that we do to educate them with materials and other resources besides us that we work closely with. Um, like I before COVID, they were able to come to the shelter and we were able to have a task force. Um, we actually talk with them quite a bit we did today they're taking one of our purple chairs which is something i'm sure we'll talk oh, about nice. here in a minute okay. so um no the police department and us we we do very well working together and trying to educate them as far as trainings and stuff go that we can offer them when we're offering it to our staff as well in Carroll County, we have a particular member of the law enforcement who comes to our coalition meetings, and he's really kind of taken us under his wing and um, has called me on the weekends and said, hey, I'm doing a security detail for a family that's having a wedding, and they've got extra food. Can we send it to the shelter? Nice. So, yeah, it's been a very good working relationship. Um, so how many women or persons are usually in the shelter? How often do you get people entering in so that just changes all the time <laughs> um do you see seasons times of year yes holidays, that can, stuff like yes that. that can impact it do you have your numbers for carroll county shelter I that do, we could talk actually about? um i have an overall since we've been open but i can tell you besides the the months of covid um you see more people from june to christmas Okay. Entering shelter. So since we've been open in December of 2017, we've helped 103 adults. Wow. 122 children, six dogs, because we do They're take animals. Part of families. <laughs> um, 10 cats. So overall, we've provided 8,274 days of safe shelter. Wow. Good for you. That's awesome. Oh. That is <laughs> but that's that's a lot of people. Right. It is. I mean, Carroll County is what? 20 some thousand in the whole county mm -hmm. right and mm -hmm. for not even knowing we're really there mm -hmm. i mean we had uh we i'm meeting with people still virtually um other agencies that are close by that you know, we don't advertise the shelter for a reason um that still didn't really know we existed so we're still getting the word out and hoping and i think too along the way and there's been there's been several things you know 
we are long established within our communities as personal and family counseling and over the last several years um, have really tried to transition that to the Ohio mm-hmm. Guidestone because that's who we are. Um, but that doesn't always click quite as well for folks. So I think that's come into play a bit. Again, the new shelter in Carroll County um, and then COVID. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. That seems to be a theme so, always that we yeah. talk about each week here. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, like we were saying, it did impact our calls into our hotline. When I had looked at the numbers between um, February of 2019 and May of 2019 and compared them to this year, our calls were down 40%, oh. which I find is a really staggering number. Um, Especially since we know society has just had so much more stressors. And we know when we're stressed, we're usually at yes. the worst of who we are. So I imagine yeah. if there's a tendency for abuse, it would only be intensified. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that when you look through the papers or you hear about the reports, you see that there are more instances of charges and filings and things like that that have come through our reports. Um, Even child abuse had the same effect with COVID. Like they right. kind of went down because mm-hmm. there was no one that had eyes on those kids right. in home. So right. I, it, it makes sense. Right. right. We have definitely seen in the last month or two um, an increase in folks calling in and, and coming into shelter. Yeah. yeah, we got the, we get the influx of calls now, which um, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, you're happy that you're getting all the phone calls, but you don't want to say you're happy about getting the phone calls because then, you know, that's someone who's going, right. being abused right, right, right now. So it's right. not, we're not celebrating that the, the lines are going up, but to a point that we can help. Yes. So let me ask you, when someone comes to, to the shelters, um, what can they expect? What kind of resources, services, you know, how do we help someone get get what they need to, yeah. to be safe when they leave the shelter? So um, when they come in, there's going to be an intake process, kind of orient them to the shelters, kind of go over the guidelines, because it is important that we observe some certain things in a congregate living setting. Um, You know, folks who come from abusive relationships oftentimes um, are used to those kind of things and at times can even um, behave in similar ways. Okay. So we have some conversations around those um, and talk about what's the expectations, you know, um, within shelter around those things, we look to provide them with some safe, feeling safe and secure initially. You know, we're okay. going to take care of those immediate needs, food, shelter, place to sleep. And then um, typically they end up having some meetings with Chrissy as the house manager and the advocates. And we help get them moving towards safety planning. Um, so what is safety planning? I've heard you mention that a couple of mm-hmm. times. Okay. Do you want to take that one? You want me to? Um, I think we can both dive into it. Okay, we'll tag you. So the safety planning that we have, I mean, it it looks different from when they first get to shelter to the middle to the end. Um, We always want to make sure, number one, that they're safe. Um, So we'll talk about turning off GPSs, um, changing your routines. Um, There's a lot of times where they'll want to move farther if they're especially from that same county which is understandable. Um, So, I mean, it it ranges. Mm -hmm. It really does. That's our initial situation Mm -hmm. is to make sure they're safe and they're comfortable and they have the the crisis number programmed in their phone if they ever need to call us. Uh, Police officers and departments that are close by. um, 
helping them think yeah. through, um, you know, what is the typical routine that you have? So I go to the grocery store on Tuesdays. Well, if the abuser knows that, then that creates the opportunity for contact or for another situation of violence. So we help them look at those routines pretty closely. So do you help them get restraining orders and stuff oh, like yes. that? We right? do that too, yes. Okay. Um, we connect them to things that maybe they've been kept from, medical, even medical um, appointments. One thing that we have learned in the past couple of years, which seems silly to say we've learned it, um, you know, non-fatal strangulation is huge in domestic violence relationships. Okay. Oftentimes we've described that as choking though in the past. And it's really come to light that we need to watch how we're talking about that and that we choke on our food. Okay. But within relationships, it's a, it's a non-fatal strangulation. And that ends up having bigger consequences than maybe what we've given it Um credit for you know it really does affect brain functioning even and okay. can have some long-term effects so there's been a lot of studies through our partners at odvn um, which is ohio's domestic violence network around non-fatal strangulation and brain trauma brain okay. injury which is another thing that um, has come to light about how many people who are in domestically violent relationships experience head injuries um, and there was a study that they had done through ODVN that 85% have experienced a blow to the head. And of those, 50% experienced too many to even count how many times that's happened. So that's something I think that we haven't given enough light to. Mm -hmm. um, and so through Domestic Violence Awareness Month, I think it's, again, just something to put out there to have people thinking a bit more about and how domestic violence really can affect us long-term in many, many sure. different ways. So getting people connected with the medical professionals that they need to is a big thing that we do. Do they receive counseling when they're there, group counseling, individual? We do some support group kind of things within shelter. We're starting to build those programming, that programming even more. Okay. One of the benefits of being part of Ohio Guidestone is that we have access to um, a, an array of counselors and services. Um, now we've we've said a lot of the negatives about COVID, but a positive <laughs> about COVID is that it's moved our programming along to the place of telehealth, which, which I bet is really right. helpful mm -hmm. for someone that might be fearful of going out into the community. Yes, that or lack of transportation, especially nice. in our rural our areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our county. Um, yeah. But uh, no, that's helped out tremendously. Because one, like you said, the fear of going out, especially when they're first there, they're not, they don't know what to expect when they leave and are in a new environment and have to go outside of shelter. Um, but also as well as the transportation issue there, we do actually have a, a pretty big significant amount of people that do not have transport when they get there. Now, just from my limited experience, I would assume some people in my domestic violence relationships probably have not had jobs or been able right. to mm -hmm. so do you help with job readiness and all that kind we of do. stuff we as do. well yep we do um we we help obtain a lot of resources okay. <laughs> um i mean it starts from just knowing your local food banks um as clothing jobs resumes mm -hmm. doing that working with um ohio means jobs to interview for a job whenever they're doing it um I mean, there's just, there's so there's much, so much we'd had, um, a year ago, we had a very generous donation from, um, 
someone who provided some clothing. They had had a wholesale shirt. They had had a shop, a pop-up okay. shop kind of thing, and had shut it down, and they gave us a, a huge donation of clothing. And so now we have some clothing for women, especially, um, to be able to interview in. Nice. Or when they come into shelter, to be able to throw on a new pair of leggings and a shirt and, and feel like, oh, you know. Um, That's neat. Yeah. And we've worked, we've worked with people um, – calling around companies and Carol and Tusk. Um, a lot of times, even like the little things that people wouldn't think about, like having your birth certificate or your social security card, those could be withhold on purpose and not given to them when they leave. And that's a huge roadblock for them to try to obtain housing or a job or transport if their ID is expired. So um, we're, we work pretty closely with that as well. Honestly, I love having you all here today because, you know, you, you hear domestic violence, but it's not till you hear someone really s- talking about this do you get the breath of this, mm-hmm. you know, um, of how complicated and, and how much work needs to be done to help someone step into a safe situation. If community members are listening and wanted to donate or help, how, how does that happen? So this month, our Ohio Guidestone website is um, has a link on there that they could go on there. Um, it's under the Domestic Violence Awareness Month tab in our events calendar. They could go on there and donate. You want to pick the Purple Tuesday because okay. we are going to be celebrating Purple Tuesdays throughout. Um, if they'd rather not do that and want to get a hold of us at the main office, um, our number there is 330-343-8171 and can always make a donation through that avenue as well. Okay. Um, if they want to talk to me, that's where my main office is. So they so it can leave me a financial message. And it could also be like toiletries and stuff like that. Yes. Right now we're taking new um, items with the COVID again. Um, it has affected how we're, how we're accepting donations, but we're always looking for new toiletry items, diapers. Um, how about furniture and stuff when... I'm assuming you have to set someone out, help someone secure an apartment or yeah. housing and stuff after. In the past, we have taken more of that. Um, we're, we're being pretty selective in what we're taking at this point. We want to make sure whatever we take is easily disinfected and sanitized okay. because of COVID right now. Um, but yes, we, we have taken some of those kind of things in the past. What we're really, oftentimes we, we need like the dishes and the silverware and pots and pans um, towels and washcloths and, okay. you know, things that we think uh, that we may not think about, you know, but they are, folks are really, truly starting all over again. I mean, that ranges from hair dye and makeup too. Yeah. Okay. Because nothing makes a resident that we have feel better. Nothing than makes a woman feel better. Exactly. <laughs> coming in and just, I mean, I've seen it in the years that I've been there and it's, it's amazing transformation to see where they've come from when they first got there to where they are when they leave. And they just got a whole new do. Yeah, that's <laughs> and nice. the laughter that happens yeah. when you, when you see someone who first comes in, rarely do you see a smile or do you hear a laughter? And by the end, oftentimes when they've truly kind of found their pace and figured this, this new path out, the laughter, you know, right. they that's engage. Neat. Yeah. Now you mentioned kids right yes. there. How do you handle young ones? I mean, 
I think I, I can speak for our shelter. <laughs> We've had uh, 17 there at one time before. 17 and, at one time. Yes. And you're, at least you have a big shelter. 17 children. Children. Yes. <laughs> That's not counting <laughs> the adults. The adults. Um, we are lucky enough to have a playroom okay. attached to our living room. Uh, we have advocates that I'm going to brag on are amazing, um, which like children's groups, ODVN has done magnificent trainings with our staff as far as working with children. Um, we have a good time. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, we do. And still make sure that their needs are met as well with mom in on engaging in that because like we don't want to take the power away from her that's or him. Sure. Depending on who sense. we have. So, um, that we're is, very engaging. Yeah. Because yeah, I could underlying. see even complications there mm -hmm. if you were in a controlling situation, mm -hmm. even having that freedom to parent again or learning how to parent mm -hmm. or parenting in a healthy way. Um, it's challenging. It can be very challenging. And that that's the thing that our advocates really work at doing is empowering that individual. Okay. Um, and, you know, never trying to step over, you know, sure. engaging with mom and saying, hey, it looks like you're struggling a little how could we help you out in this moment? Um, a lot you, of times they just come to this yeah. like help. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, you know, what do you think if we try this? Are you comfortable with that? And giving them, we never tell them what to do. We're, we're working together to figure out what works well, best that, for them. That all makes sense when you're, you're opening comment. This is about power and control. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and to be successful in the shelter, to step out, you mm -hmm. need to re-empower someone or to empower yeah. someone. Yeah. Right. So that's neat. I can tell we could talk about this for a long time, right. <laughs> um, which we probably don't have forever. So what I'd like to do, because I think you guys did a great job giving us an understanding to think on this issue a little bit more. Um, I want to circle back to it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Yes. yes. And what does that mean in our community? What should that mean to community members? Um, so tell us a little bit about that. So first, um, October, we are going to observe Purple Tuesdays. And we're asking anyone who has, who wants to be supportive of us, who wants to just stand up against domestic violence to also wear purple. Okay. Um, and so that's, I had a flyer somewhere. I could tell you the dates. The 6th, the 13th, the 20th, and the 27th. There you oh, go. I just had to add sevens. I was that's just going to say, go. she was using higher math. Right? Right. <laughs> just needed to add sevens. <laughs> I don't know if I could have done that, Jen. I'm just trying to be honest. I was trying to find my phone. I was but I put like, it down. Cal, no. <laughs> my brain left there for a minute. You could tell, like, ah, where's my flyer? No, you can do this, Jen. Um, so we're going to ask people to wear their purples. Okay, And um, take pictures of yourselves or your groups wearing purple. You can send them to me. Um, um, through an email, Jennifer Benline at OhioGuidestone.org. Could we, offices or companies have people 
pay a dollar on oh, Tuesday. Yes. So they would were, be great. We would love yeah. that. Donate money to you. We would love yeah. that. Yeah. Very good. That would be awesome. Um, and then we'd like you just to send it so we can, and or if you post it on social media, tag Ohio Guidestone. And that way we can kind of get some of the conversation going too that way. Nice. And you know what? Um, we just had National Recovery Month mm-hmm. last month. And for people that don't understand why social service organizations promote Awareness Month, um, because there's always so much work happening right. in the community. Um, but man, we're so much more successful at getting people the help they need um, when the community understands the issue or understands how to get people to the services they need or to understand the issue right. itself. Right. So um, awareness months are, are actually pretty important. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because, um, you know, recovery month, Oftentimes when we're talking about domestic violence, there's a huge component of that where someone has some sort of addiction issue involved, whether it's the individual who has been abused or it's the abuser Mm -hmm. um, or it's both. Um, So that um, that's something that we do see and deal with, too, in shelters, those addiction issues and helping people get connected to the services they need there and even recognizing um, how that has played a part in the dynamics of those relationships. So, um, yeah, but the, the awareness months are so important. They are. You mentioned a chair. Yes. Yes. Our purple chairs. I'm going to let Chrissy talk about purple chairs. So I'm very excited about our purple chairs. (laughs) (laughs) So each shelter has, I don't know, probably seven to eight chairs each. So while you're out in the community, you'll see a purple chair. It's an empty chair. So that is to represent the person that is no longer with us. So it can have a story on it. It can have statistics on there. Um, I know we and Carol have um, a teen dating domestic violence chair at the Uh. high school that we were able to place that they were okay with us doing. We have a pet chair that has statistics. Um, We have addiction and recovery statistics that coincide with domestic violence, um, rural statistics. We had uh, staff decorate those last year, mm-hmm. and um, I I really wish I had a picture with me Aww. there. It's more than just a, a laminated. I mean, they went all out. Yeah, the staff did an amazing job at, at kind of helping tie those two those things together, those themes, and where we've placed those. Can I ask you? Do you have a number on how many people are lost? lost lives to domestic violence so part of that domestic violence counts um looks at that nope i lied (laughs) um i do somewhere in my stack of papers jody you know what is she's looking (laughs) whether we find a number or not it's interesting because we had an event on overdoses the other day and someone from press thought the number sounded low and we're like, and Natalie Bullen from the Adams board just answered it like, yeah. just one is, is too, too many. many. Right. So yeah. if we can save one life. Right. Yeah. I mean, one in four is the normal statistic for every one in four women. Experience. Experience. Yeah. Okay. Say yep. that again. One that, in four. One in four women. Yeah. Experience. experience domestic domestic violence. Violence. Yes. Like once in their life kind uh-huh. of thing. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Yep. That means it's going on a lot more than we realize, right. huh? Yes. So I did find one of the statistics okay. I had brought with me today. <laughs> it's from thir- 2013. Um, in Ohio, there were 38 domestic violence fatalities. Okay. Um, 
again, that might seem low to, to folks, but that's also not if, if for the fatality piece. Okay. But we're not looking at the, the near fatality, the, um, strangulations, the, the long-term damage kind of things sure. that happen too, right. which I think are, are significant as well. And you figure someone's just being suffering emotional abuse, you know, how, how that affects your, your children, you right. know what I mean? So you can kind of just see how that all just right. snowballs. And that, and that whole statistic goes back to, it's not just physical abuse. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, co- co- I'm, coercion. Thank you. You're That's welcome. the word for the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that's a huge part. I mean, we've we've had people come in with um, food, food depravity too, so they haven't been able to, you know, they were told when they could eat. Um, it doesn't wow. have to just be someone getting physical with someone. Right. So, And we haven't hit on the stalking piece. Right. Um, you know, within dating relationships, the, um, sexual violence that can happen also within marital relationships Mm -hmm. as well. Um, so it's just, it's huge. Um, so our purple chairs represent those fatalities, those things, the people that we've lost, but also as a component to help educate. Okay. Um, we've got a couple other things going on. There's one of the bakeries in Cleveland who is, um, going to be donating a portion of their, proceeds for their purple cupcakes they're making oh, for the nice. month to us um that's colossal cupcakes we've got local businesses who have allowed us to put um chairs in what's cooking cafe is one that's coming to the front of my head right now um i do i believe the daily grind is nice. um so some of those folks too very good are gonna have a purple chair there nice well, I'll tell you what, this was a wonderful conversation. It was definitely eye-opening for me, and I hope for our listeners as well. Um, anything you want to end on today? Wear your purples on tu- your purple on Tuesdays. Um, give us a call if you need any new information or want anything more. We're going to have some flyers and things out. Um, so if and you see those around. If you are experiencing domestic violence yes. or if you're suspecting someone you know is... Mm-hmm. I'll start with my shelter number. Excellent. <laughs> so Harbor Point's number is 330-476-6056, and that's a 24-hour crisis line. Now, if you're in Tuscarawas County and you want to go to Carroll County, mm-hmm. that's completely okay. We uh-huh. we all work together, um, not just the, shil- the sister shelters, but um, we have a whole list from ODVN for all of Ohio. We all coordinate with one another. But, so that's good to know because, right. say, if you're in Tuscarawas County and you're mm-hmm is here you you might not want to be here correct right is that okay right yeah very good okay thank you jody so well, much thank you all so much thank uh, you. you guys do great work and it's very important and uh probably more valuable than we even really understand so thanks so much thank you right, thank you thanks for listening to this episode of the tuscarawas county anti-drug coalition podcast Please follow us on Facebook and visit our website at adctusk.org.